the at our elders. Oh, sorry, start. <laughs> okay, good morning. <laughs> You'll edit that bit, Paul. Um, welcome you all today to our elder service, which has been taken on behalf of our healthy church elders, myself, Carol, and Amy Elizabeth Mackenzie. A lovely warm welcome to our friends, old and new, here today. Lovely to see well-kent faces back in this beautiful building, which has missed the faith, devotion, love, banter, song and spirit of community and family that is what makes up our healthy parish church. Um, a couple of uh, just protocols before we start, um, for those that maybe haven't been here before. There are the um, few cards, um, if you can turn them over. That just advises the volunteer cleaners where to concentrate on their cleaning. Um, at the end of the service, um, can those at the front queues lead the way out of, out of the vestry door? Um, that would be grand, um, socially distanced. And good bit of news this week is that we are now, as we've been entered into tier one, we are now permitted to sing. However, we still have to wear these lovely masks. Um, um, so yeah, and that's why we've also got a lot of our doors open on that today because we provide extra ventilation. Um, so as this is our first service um, that we're able to sing, let's praise God by singing our first hymn, 181 for the beauty of the earth.
let us pray. Gracious God of heaven and earth, we are overwhelmed by your power, your love, your willingness to love and forgive. We bring you praise for the world of which you have made us stewards, its variety, beauty, mystery. We bless you for human relationships, the sacrifices made, the problems overcome, the sense of community that reflect your grace and love shown in the life of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. We are amazed by the power of your Holy Spirit, enabling us to read and understand your word, to do your work, to be aware of your presence. We come to worship you, Father, Son and Spirit, aware of our own inadequacies and seeking your forgiveness. Forgive us for stubbornly sticking to our ways and not allowing you to change our outlook and attitude. Forgive us for closing our minds to the opinions of others and making judgments which are not based on anything other than prejudice and ignorance. Father, forgive us and help us to see the world and its people through your eyes as we seek to be lifted up with Jesus into your eternal presence. We bring these prayers in Jesus' words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now I'll hand over to Elizabeth, who is going to say a poem to us entitled, You're Always There for Me. That's if I can get my mask off, it's come. <laughs> good morning, folks. It's so good to be back among so many familiar faces this morning. I think I'm right in saying most of us have had good and bad times through the pandemic. You know the feeling, life is going well and then something happens to rock the boat. A bereavement, health issues, unemployment, struggling relationships, etc. In these times we can turn to God to comfort and strengthen us because he knows our hearts and minds better than we do ourselves. I'd like to share with you a little poem that I find comforting when the boat rocks. It's called, You're Always There For Me, by Joanna Fuchs. You're always there for me when the world comes crashing in and chaos rules my mind. I turn my heart to you, Lord, and pure, sweet peace I find. You lift me out of trouble. You comfort me in pain. You nourish, heal, and cleanse me like cool, refreshing rain. In times of joy and bliss, when things are going right, you lift me even higher and fill me with delight. You listen to my prayers, you hear my every plea. I'm safe because I know you're always there for me. Now we'll stand and sing hymn number 153, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Mm -hmm. 
reading today is from Psalms 51, verses 1 to 12, a prayer for forgiveness. Be merciful to me, O God, because of your constant love, because of your great mercy wipe away my sins. Wash away all my evil and make me clean from my sin. I recognise my faults, I am always conscious of my sins. I have sinned against you, only against you, and done what you consider evil. So you are right in judging me, you are justified in condemning me. I have been evil from the day I was born, from the time I was conceived, I have been sinful. Sincerity and truth are what you require. Fill my mind with your wisdom. Remove my sin and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear the sounds of joy and gladness. And though you have crushed me and broken me, I will be happy once again. Close your eyes to my sins and wipe out all my evil. Create a pure heart in me, O God, and put a new and loyal spirit in me. Do not banish me from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Give me again the joy that comes from your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Amen. Now it's Ian's turn at long last. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to see you all again and recognise everyone. And uh, on the record, this is the first time I've done a shirt and a tie for 18 months. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a talk today, not a sermon, so be with me. A few weeks ago, Paul preached on Psalm 59. To refresh your memories, it was about asking God to see off or kill your enemies. But on reflection, Paul realized it did not really mean killing people, but more to facing your fears and challenges by bringing God closer. By being closer to God will strengthen your faith, and by having a stronger faith will help you in meeting your challenges in life. Most of you here will have visited London, but I wonder how many of you have visited the Postman's Park. I had 10 years' employment with the post office, but there is no relevance to the story today. For any of you planning a trip to London after the pandemic, the park is one of the largest gardens in the heart of the City of London. It sits between St Paul's Cathedral and the Barbican, an oasis of calm just yards away from the busyness of the Square Mile. It occupies an amalgamation of three City of London burial grounds. In 1858, a decision was taken to clear the burial grounds and replace them with a park. The General Post Office had moved into a building close by at a time when the Post Office was going through a massive expansion. The park became a popular leisure spot for the postal workers. And as a result, the park soon became known as the Postman's Park. One of the churches adjoining the park is St. Patolph. St. Patolph, who back in the 7th century was the patron saint of travellers. Unfortunately, he was usurped by St. Christopher, who is now the patron saint of travellers. 
However, St Adolph Church is one of the loveliest churches in London and is well worth a visit. However, the true beauty of any church is not visible in its decor or in the monuments to the great and the good. It is present in the love that people share with each other and in particular with God. You might ask, what is the attraction with this park? Well, within the park is a feature worth viewing. It contains the Watts Memorial to heroic self-sacrifice, a row of 54 stone plaques, each dedicated to an ordinary man or woman who died while trying to save another's life. Each plaque carries its own story. In 1899, a woman drowned on sinking ferry in the English Channel after giving her life jacket to another passenger. In 1927, a policeman suffocated after descending a well to save workmen from poisonous gas. You'll be glad to know I'm not going to go through the whole 54 of them. The most recent plaque is dedicated to Lee Pitt, age 30, who drowned in 2007 in a southeast dock on the Thames while pulling a nine-year-old boy from the water. Harley Bagwell Taylor was that young boy. He first visited the Postman's Park to see the plaques when he was 23 years old. His story is, he was the second youngest of five in a poor East End family. Neither of his parents worked, and they struggled to provide for him. He was teased at school for wearing hand-me-downs. After school, he met up with a group of girls his own age, ended up arguing with them, and then one of the girls called him a tramp for the way he dressed. Frustrated, he stormed off and wandered aimlessly to Broadwater Dock in Thamesweed, where he sat on a 15-foot-high wall guarding the canal. He suddenly felt himself tilting forward after losing hold of the railing. He fell and was soon submerged in the bracing waters of the Thames. He started shouting for help. He was terrified. He did not want to die. After a few moments of treading water, he felt a strong pair of hands on either side of his chest, holding him above the surface. He never saw the man's face. The next thing he knew was waking up in hospital, covered in blankets. He was full of relief, but wanted to know about his rescuer. The nurses seemed reluctant to tell him. One said, it's fine, you're here now, you're safe. He later found out that a doctor advised his parents not to tell him about the fate of his rescuer. It was three weeks later before his mother shared the news and Harley just burst out crying for over an hour. His thoughts were, it is heartbreaking to think this man saved my life and no one saved his. Harley's parents refused to tell him any more. So as he grew older, he researched about Lee Pitt himself and discovered that he had been a print technician with a flat overlooking the canal. Lee Pitt had rushed outside 
after witnessing the incident, dived in and managed to keep Harley buoyant until some others pulled him to safety with a hose. However, Lee Pitt disappeared underwater and unfortunately drowned. Lee Pitt was engaged to be married and his fiancée at that time described him as her soulmate and said he would not have lived with himself if he had not helped. Harley eventually tracked down Lee Pitt's fiancée and she agreed to meet him. It was a very awkward meeting, but she told him that he should not carry any blame for Lee's death. On hearing this, Harley felt the guilt he had been carrying lift from him, and he felt as if she had forgiven him. Harley told her he wanted to be a good person when he grew up, to be selfless like Lee. For a number of years, Harley did not mention the incident, and it was only when he was 18 he had a bit of survivor's guilt. Lee Pitt had given, him, given his life so Harley could have a good one. Despite never having met him, he had grown to see Lee as a role model. Although Harley loved his parents, he never felt he had any real positive role models in his life. However, inspired by Lee's courage, he used this experience as a springboard. He believed that Lee died for him. He saved his life, and that gave him a calling to serve and to love God, to serve and to love his neighbors with all his heart and soul, mind and strength. To the effect, Harley is now 23 and is employed as a youth worker in the East End of London, guiding troubled youngsters onto the right path. What makes this story more relevant is it will be 14 years ago tomorrow that the event took place. A perfect example of a good deed leading to another. So I have two questions for you today. The first, would you put yourself in danger to save a stranger? Not many of us would be able to answer that at this moment in time. However, if we were in the wrong place at the wrong time, maybe that is when our faith would kick in and that allow us to react to the situation. Second question is, throughout this pandemic, many of you have been involved in doing good deeds, helping out neighbours by doing shopping for them, keeping in touch with people who are on the road, keeping uh, and walking friends' dog and dogs, and of course, obeying all the rules. Will you ask yourselves, what are you going to do this week to help someone? It might be the good deed that sets up the next good deed. God doesn't care about external things like clothing, cars, money and possessions. He is interested in what is going on in our hearts and minds. I'm going to finish off with a quote from Nicky Benas. You never really know the true impact you have on those around you. You never know how much someone needed the smile you gave them. You never know how much your kindness turned someone's entire life around. You never know how much someone needed that long hug or deep talk. So don't wait to be kind. 
Don't wait for someone else to be kind first. Don't wait for better circumstances or for someone to change. Just be kind because you never know how much someone needs it. That is what growing in faith is all about. Let us close our eyes in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you as we are. We ask you to take away from us all that makes us less human. Strengthen us with the power of your Spirit, that our attitude and our outlook may develop, and our way of looking may become more like yours. We aspire to remain positive, encouraging and appreciating one another, looking on people the same way that you do. Father, we think about all those who are struggling with life and facing difficult questions, be it through pressure of work, loneliness, or financial problems. We bring to you those who are facing illness or a recent bereavement, and those who feel powerless, and those who turn to drugs and alcohol to get them through each day. We are not created by you to live alone. Living in a community is an essential expression of who we are. But community doesn't just happen. It's something that we must work together to develop. Father, lead us in that direction. With the ongoing troubles in the Middle East, we pray for the torn and divided peoples of Israel and Palestine. We pray for the refugees, uprooted families, the bereaved, injured, and traumatized. For all those living in camps, and for those who assist them, for the doctors and medics, as they struggle to treat the injured with little or no medical supplies, while putting their own lives at risk. In particular, we pray for children and young people caught up in terror beyond their understanding or control. It is difficult for us to fully take on board what is happening as we sit in our comfortable homes watching the TV as pictures and stories unfold in front of us. Father, we ask you to be with the negotiators to bless and guide them in their efforts as they seek to establish a fair and just peace in the Middle East. We pray for our own politicians and leaders we ask you to guide them to come to the correct decision for all our futures. With the welcome news that the lockdown is easing and restrictions less severe, help us all to keep going as normality is in sight. We thank you for all those in the front line of the COVID pandemic who have worked tirelessly throughout the last 18 months. We thank you for the scientists and lab technicians who have made such progress with the vaccine. 
We thank you for the leadership skills you have given Paul, our minister, and the ability to put them to use here in Bohelvi. We thank you for the support he gets from Rona and the family. Help us all to use the gifts and talents you have given us to support Paul advance your work here in Bohelvi. Eternal Father, we ask all this through your Son, Jesus Christ, our friend and Saviour. Amen. Well, um, I want to just say a wee word of thanks to, to Carol and to Ian and Liz for, and to Alan as well for leading us in uh, worship this morning. Uh, particularly Ian and Liz, who I think this is your first Sunday back, so talk about being in at the deep end, back for the first Sunday and leading uh, worship, but you've all done a super job and we appreciate what you brought to us this morning, so thank you for that. Uh, I don't normally have to get up on my hind legs and say anything at the elder service, but today's an exception because we are saying farewell to one of our long-standing members, Margaret Eurison, and this is Margaret's last Sunday with us. And uh, I'm particularly pleased that we were able to sing today. And we had to kind of push that through and get first sessions approval uh, in a, a hurry uh, to manage to do that today. But we wanted to do that uh, partly because it was Margaret's last Sunday and also because she chose the hymns uh, for today. They're all uh, favorite hymns of hers. So we're delighted we've been able to sing as a congregation on this, uh, her last Sunday. Margaret is moving south to Cheltenham to be near her, her daughter, Lisa. And although we are excited that you're having this adventure late in life, we're also sad to be losing you from this congregation and parish where you've been a good friend and a good neighbour to many people uh, for so many years. Margaret has lived in her home uh, down at the Holdings, down by the beach, for over 61 years. And she's filled that time not only with looking out for her own family, uh, her late husband Alec and her two daughters, Dawn and Lisa, but with also a generous commitment to volunteering within our community. Margaret was ordained as a Church of Scotland elder in December 1998, and she has been a diligent and a caring elder visiting her district regularly to keep in contact with them and to offer support wherever she can. She served on the welcome team and the social committee for many years and was the kind of member that you really need in a church. She was willing she was capable and she was completely reliable. Uh, she's been coming to the Thursday House Group since it started many years ago. And more recently, she's been a welcome volunteer at the Coffee Haven Drop-In Cafe, working away in the kitchen unseen, which is her strong preference because she hates the limelight, which is also why I haven't asked her to come up to the front just yet. Margaret's volunteering goes way beyond her church life, however. She was one of the founders of the Friendship Club in Balmeri over 40 years ago, drawing uh, senior citizens together for talks, music, trips, and entertainment. And literally hundreds of folk have made new friends in the community through that club. And Margaret has worked exceptionally hard to organize a varied and interesting program for them each year. She's been involved in our annual Christian Aid fundraising for years, helping with the door-to-door -door collection and also counting and banking the monies for us. 
She's worked closely with Stella's Voice, helping to organise the annual Christmas collection of shoeboxes in our parish and providing presents and essential items to needy children in Eastern Europe. Needless to say, in the midst of all of that, there hasn't been a lot of spare time, but somehow Margaret has always found the time to cultivate her sizable vegetable garden at Bonington, doing manual labour that would wear out folk half her age, and nearly always with great success. I really should have been getting more carrot advice before she was heading south. In May 2019, just a couple of years ago, Margaret was honoured with a presentation from Aberdeen Voluntary Association in recognition of four decades of volunteering, and that award was richly deserved. Margaret, we are going to miss having you around very much. In your own quiet way, you have made a very big contribution to the life of our church and our community, and we want to thank you for all that you've done with us and for us, and we wish you every blessing in this new phase of life as you settle down in Cheltenham. And I know you really don't want to, but this is where I would like you to come up, please, because we have a few wee things to give you as you take your leave of us. Okay, so uh, we wondered what to get you, so I, I hit on the notion of maybe getting a couple of pictures. So these are quite special because they're local and um, they're done by local photographers. So you'll recognise that place. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's one that's, uh, that was taken by Ali Deans. Yeah. So you'll not, remember, you'll not forget the Ian Kirk if you get this up in the wall, okay? And you know you've always got a home here and you'll yes. always be welcome here. I know that. And this one is Palmetto Beach at sunrise. And, and this one was taken by Neil Donald. So I hope you get a nice big space in your wall. I may be overestimated or underestimated quite how big this one would be. But uh, at least when you get visitors into your new yeah. house, uh, they'll look at that and they'll say, oh, that's beautiful, where's that? And you can see that's where I live. <laughs> Yeah. Up in Aberdeen, so, yeah. so we, I thought that was a particularly nice one. So that's Balmedy Beach at Sunrise beautiful. for Thank you. you very much. Okay, and we've also got we've also got a couple of wee uh, some vouchers for you to take away and to help you with furnishing your new place, uh, however you want to. So no, there's no, of course there's no need, but we want to bless you. <laughs> Would you like to say a wee word? You don't have to. No, no, you're okay. Yeah. Right, that's all right. Well, listen, let me, let me say a wee just, prayer for you just, just now. Thank you. Okay. Father, I pray uh, for Margaret. What an adventure she's setting off on uh, at this stage of her life. And she goes with our blessings and with our thanks for all that she's been uh, as a friend and as a neighbour, as a, as a colleague, as a worshipper here in uh, this church and parish. So we just commit her to you. Uh, we pray that that kindness and gentleness and warmth that she has towards people will stand her in good stead as she moves to Cheltenham and settles down in a new place. We pray that before too long uh, her house would become a home and that acquaintances would become friends, that she would find 
a nurturing and loving and supportful, uh, supporting uh, Christian community there and a church that she can uh, feel at home in and, and belong to. And Lord, we just thank you for all that she has been in her time with us. And we ask that you would uh, help her step into this new phase of life with courage and with faith, knowing that she doesn't go alone, and that she has the support and love of this community and her family, and she goes with you wherever she goes. Indeed, you are already there ahead of her, uh, waiting for her in this new life in Cheltenham. So Lord, bless her in this time. Give her strength and courage, and we thank you for all that she has been for us here in Bolhelvi. Hear our prayers. Amen. Okay, should we give Margaret a round of applause? There's a, a lovely um, blessing that I read in a book by Henry Newman. And he was meeting up with a friend he hadn't seen uh, for a long time and they wouldn't be seeing each other for a long time and his friend said to him may all the space between us be holy ground until we meet again and i think that's a good way to take our leave of you today margaret you know we always have a home here and may all the space between us be holy ground until we meet again we're going to close our worship now in the words of hymn number 530 one more step Along the world I go.
now go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore.